0: Hi, I'm Maria Thea so Savelloso on social media. Welcome back to So Over Fifty podcast on Soul Organized Style. Stay listening. Soul Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Thanks for joining us on So Over Fifty podcast on Soul Organized Style. Sewer for 50 intersects with all communities. Donna, or Spill River Sewing, is a favorite sewist of Instagram of many people. And today we get to find out more about her sewing life and what it feels like to be on the grid of a pattern company. Thanks for coming on to the podcast, Donna.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm super excited and honored and happy to be here.
0: And I love seeing your makes on Instagram and how you use various fabrics and you know just enjoy what you're doing.
1: I do enjoy sewing and I think that probably shows up because it's absolutely authentic.
0: That's great. So how did you develop your online name?
1: A little bit of a backstory. Yeah. My goal was to start a sewing blog. I thought they were really useful for learning about patterns and fit and different things. And I didn't see many blogs that were written by people my age. When I turned 59, my goal was to start a blog. And so I researched that. And one of the first things then was to come up with a name. And I live in Minnesota, which is where the Mississippi River starts. And in fact, I live just a stone's throw from the Mississippi River. The river divides St. Paul and Minneapolis. I live in St. Paul. And so the river is important to me for many reasons. And so I was just playing around with where I'm from and a sewing term, and I came up with Spool River. And it is familiar also. There's a book called Spoon River anthology, which I read when I was in university. I'm an English major. And that anthology is a collection of poems about rural life along the river. And it's it's considered a real piece of American literature, real important. And so Spool River kind of sounds like Spoon River. So that's how, I, that's how I came up with the name.
0: It's very memorable.
1: Yeah, it kind of rhymes with Moon River and things like that. So yeah, I kind of like it.
0: You've talked about starting a blog. Where can we find you online?
1: That's easy. The blog is spoolriver.com. Mm-hmm. And then actually my Instagram handle, because Spool River was taken as an Instagram name. So I, it, my Instagram name is Fool River Sewing.
0: How do you feel about being added to the Instagram grid for Sew House 7? One of the things that Sew the 50 is trying to do is make sure that people our age are represented on sewing company social media.
1: Right. And as I said, that, that was one of the reasons why I was interested in starting a blog was to see my face or people who are my age to get represented in social media, because it's definitely, it's definitely a young, younger person's world in social media, because they're much better at it. I mean, I have young adult children, and they're so fast. In fact, with the blog, once when I started Instagram, it all moved so fast, the Instagram world, my daughters were always coaching me, they're like, you have to do this, you have to do that quicker. And so I had to learn how to keep up. And so over 50 is about this, about not becoming invisible or not being irrelevant. And, and we have a lot to say in our point of view, but it is important to get our voices and get our faces and make it normal to see like the world isn't just young people. So it is very exciting when I am reposted because I think it's not just exciting for me, but it's exciting for other people who are, Girls of a certain age. That's right. It was great that
0: they've reposted your make on their grid. That's really positive.
1: Yeah, it is positive, and it's kind of an affirmation for anybody. But I think it is a bigger hurdle and an affirmation to get posted when you, you know, you don't fit the mold of most of the people out there who are on the pattern companies or the models or things like that. So it is a win. It is. It's
0: good to be represented.
1: I mean, there were two reasons for starting a blog. One was I didn't see many blogs out there that were written by older women. The other thing about a blog, and this actually happened, this happens more on Instagram, is to connect with people in in the sewing community because sewing has always been pretty solitary. I don't have any friends who sew except for the fabric store. And my family, it was, I didn't have people to talk about sewing with. The great thing about social media and the internet is it brings together people with a common passion quickly and easily. I mean, it's pretty clever at that, like people can find each other. And so as I discovered blogs and posts and other people both the social media company, but also the inspiration and the motivation that you get by being part of that community that I probably didn't get when I was solitary and just doing sewing. I mean, my husband can't offer (laughs) too much advice. And I'm like, do you like this or that? Or when I'm thinking of things, whereas in social, when you're connected through the internet, you can get inspired, you can get feedback. So it's, kind of amazing that you can get so much company by being online exactly what do you love about sewing the most I think I used to say when I was younger what I loved about sewing was creating something really unique that nobody else had because whatever you made was purely original and I loved going to an event or showing up at work and being in something I made and even if somebody didn't notice it, just knowing myself that nobody else was wearing the same thing that I was wearing, or that I was in something that was truly original. And I think there's just that little bit of pride of originality, and that you can feel when that happens. So when I was young, I think I would have answered that. But now... (laughs) since I've been sewing for a long time, I would say what I love about sewing the most is how much energy it gives me, Mm -hmm. the process of it. Because at this point in life, there's lots of things that I've maybe lost energy for. (laughs) You know, you've gone through things, but sewing still inspires me. Like I wake up in the morning with my head full of ideas and excited about the next project. And To be at this point in my life, and again, this is a theme of being so over 50 and girls of a certain age, but to have an activity that truly excites and inspires me is such a great thing. And of course, it's super obvious during these times when we're kind of isolated and locked down. It's been very important, but even in normal life, to have an activity, to have a creative outlet that I wake up every day still thinking about what's the next project and pretty excited about it. And that excitement and energy is so I'm just grateful that I have sewing to give me that.
0: Oh, it's just lovely to hear.
1: (laughs) Well, I feel lucky that I have that.
0: And what made you start sewing?
1: So I started sewing... I was very young and I am the oldest of six kids. And my mom's very practical and wasn't very interested in clothes and frivolous things. And I wore a uniform to school and I lived in a small town. I had maybe one dress and a couple play outfits. And I had (laughs) dreams of having more clothes. And I, I remember sitting on the porch and drawing paper dolls with dresses and dresses. I'd make them up and draw all these dresses. And my mom had a sewing machine and she used it for mending. I knew she knew how to sew because she had some dresses in the back of her closet that she had made, but she didn't have much time to sew with lots of kids. And I saw that as a way that I could get more clothes. I thought, this is a way that I could achieve my goal of having more clothes in my wardrobe. So I started lobbying my mom, please teach me to sew because I, I thought that this, this is the key to having more dresses. And my mom was too busy and she kind of put me off. Yeah. But I remember distinctly when I was 11 and my mom was at the hospital and it was my youngest sister was being born. And in those days, you stayed in the hospital a couple of days. So all of us kids were at my grandmother's, and I mentioned to my grandmother that I wanted to learn how to sew. And she said, well, I have a machine up in the attic and maybe some fabric. So she pulled it out, pulled out the sewing machine and a big bunch of, I think it was yellow, mustard, yellow wool fabric. And she said, go ahead, you can sew. And my grandma didn't know how to sew. She had a sewing machine just because everybody had sewing machines. Mm -hmm. It was pretty common for everyone to have a sewing machine to do mending or whatever, but she had never made any garments. But she said, go ahead. Why don't you just go ahead and sew? So I somehow cut out a dress. (laughs) I mean, I probably like you would cut out a paper doll dress. I probably drew out what I thought would be a dress on the fabric. And she showed me how to thread up the machine and I put it together and I don't have any memory of what the dress looked like, but I have a very distinct memory that somehow there was a dress and somehow I put it on. And I have a very distinct memory of my mom coming to pick us up. All of us kids are there and I'm wearing this dress that I made, quotation dress that I made. And I have a distinct memory of her face, which looked a little bit quizzical. She looked at me and she said, okay, Donna, I'll teach you how to sew. <laughs> oh, so she, so she knew that I was determined and just anxious, but that I definitely needed help because whatever I was wearing <laughs> probably didn't resemble a dress. So she took time to sit me down and show me how to read through pattern instructions and sew seams. And she worked with me that summer to learn how to make. Then the, I remember the first dress that I made with instruction with my mom was a very nice A line shift dress with a little rickrack at the bottom, which of course was very fashionable in the 60s. It had big flowers and rickrack and a nice A line dress. And of course, I was super proud that really started my sewing journey. It kind of took making that that big attempt at my grandmother's to get my mom to pay attention and teach me how to sew.
0: Your mom had a growing family, a young growing family. And so when she saw you with the dress that you made at your grandmother's, it was like, yep, she wants to do this. I'm gonna have to
1: give her some basics to get started. I'm gonna have to, yep, give her a little attention. She's determined. So yeah, so that's my story. And then I sewed clothes for myself. Back then sewing was very cost-effective. It was cheaper to sew clothes. That's not always the case right now, but back then you could make a dress. You could go to the, actually the five and dime is where I could get fabric, calicos and things. So I made clothes all through middle school and high school. And in fact, when I was going to go off to college, I went to a nicer fabric store and made myself a little capsule wardrobe of a Ooh. couple wool skirts and a jacket, like I was going to be all very stylish in college. Which, being from a small town and a little bit out of step, when I got to university, everybody there, the fashion was to wear jeans and sweaters. And there I was in my little capsule wardrobe of wool skirts and matching jackets. My first boyfriend at university said, you don't dress like all the other students here. And (laughs) I was a little out of step. I was okay being like that back then.
0: But you caught his eye.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: And since then, you've been able to keep sewing
1: for various occasions? Yes, I know. It's just amazing that, I mean, not just occasions. So after university, I... Went to grad school and worked in government. And again, I sewed a lot of my working wardrobe. Back then, women wore suits or pretty polished dresses. And I make myself a lot of my workwear. And then we have a family, and I have three now adult children, but I've sewed for them when they were young. I have two daughters and a son. I sewed play clothes. And for my daughters, I sewed both play clothes and special occasion dresses through high school. And in fact, very special occasion, just this last year, I sewed my daughter's wedding dress, which surprisingly, I sewed my own wedding dress when I got married another occasion because I would, because <laughs> I would sew for every occasion. So of course I was going to sew my wedding dress But surprisingly, sewing my daughter's wedding dress, I was more nervous about that than sewing my own wedding dress. And I think it's because sewing, you know, to somebody else's satisfaction is always a little tricky, and especially for such an important occasion. I was nervous about that. It worked out in the end, but that was a big occasion that I had to sew for. When my daughters were in, oh, they were in primary school, the fabric store was... There was sponsoring a fashion show in the city, and they asked me to do a mother-daughter ensemble to promote the store. So the oldest daughter, who is very outgoing and extroverted, loved it because we got to learn how to walk like a model. And we we're going to the <laughs> local weather girl was the MC for the fashion show. I had made myself a little tweed Chanel-inspired suit, and the girls had little matching suits. But the youngest daughter, who was, she was young. She was probably only five, was very introverted and was not really a willing partner. But we were so adorable, the three, you know, the two daughters and the mom. And I felt a little guilty because she was unhappy. So the night of the fashion show, the first daughter proudly walks out and the second daughter, I notice her walking with little tears streaming down her eyes. She was such a brave soldier, but it just really wasn't in her comfort zone. And I guess, I don't know if there's a moral of the story here, but, but it, was, uh, it was the, how much you want to stick out in your clothes, like some people do and some people don't, I guess is the lesson from that story.
0: As a follow-up question from that story, which daughters did you make their wedding dress?
1: Well, for the oldest daughter. Oh, okay. But the other interesting thing is the youngest daughter learned how to sew. I sent them both off to sewing camp to learn, but the only one who keeps up sewing is the youngest daughter.
0: Oh, that's, that's really good to know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. So I, didn't, so I didn't destroy her in the fashion show. Exactly. Are
0: there any sewing tools or notions that you favor the most?
1: The seam ripper. Is probably, <laughs> the seam ripper is probably the most used tool so I so it is a very favorable tool but I also love my rotary cutter which I didn't discover until kind of later in my sewing career and I really like that for getting a very straight line when you're cutting and for other reasons.
0: Oh that's good and you've got a very classic sewing machine too.
1: Oh yeah and then yes My absolute favorite tool is my Viking Husqvarna sewing machine, which is quite old. It's 36 years old. It was one of the first computerized machines. It's very heavy. It's very reliable. And it's been around a long time. So we have quite a relationship.
0: And when did you discover the Sew Over 50 community?
1: So... As I said, so I started with the blog and Instagram was kind of a secondary thing to, you know, post some things on Instagram connected to the blog. And I think Silver 50 was just starting when I was starting my blog. And that's when I noticed them, when, once I started an Instagram from the blog. And I was just thrilled that here was an organized community that had the exact same That I had the exact same mission that prompted me to start my blog. Like their whole thing was visibility and we're not dead yet and relevant. And they were just great at connecting and resources. And they're so internet savvy and social media savvy. They offer tips. They offer suggestions that it's just been hugely important, the Over 50 community. I'm super grateful. I was, and I was super surprised because I kind of felt alone in my idea. And then here it is, a huge force and a huge organization. So, once again, the power of social media to not feel alone and to feel like, oh, there's a lot of people out there with this shared idea and this shared interest.
0: And the force behind Cyber 50, led by Judith and Sandy for, what, three going on to four years now? And there's over 38,000 followers of people who are like-minded and share their
1: makes. Yes, it's it's just incredible. It's huge. As I said, when I had the little idea by myself, who would know that there were just legions of people and that it was completely huge and enormous. And it feels
0: like a big hug, really.
1: It does. It's so supportive and... Validating and all of that. What advice would you give listeners who are starting to sew? So I think I mentioned. Yeah, I like my advice to my daughters. I sent them off to sewing camp, which I remember I told a colleague at work, and they thought I was like punishing them, sending them off to <laughs> sending them off to sewing camp. And I said, no, sewing camp is fun, and. So my advice is it is good to have a mentor or an instructor if possible, but it might not be possible, you know, to get that in person. And now you can learn things online or watch videos or tutorials. And I think that's very helpful. So having some sort of resource mentor, something to look at is Mm -hmm. super helpful when you're starting to sew. And then my other bit of advice, and I think what keeps people going is just to have the attitude of not getting defeated by sewing, to have the attitude of just, you might have to try again, you might have to do a start over. I still have to take things apart and Mm -hmm. redo, because it's a process. And it's a learning process. And it might not come out exactly as you envisioned in the end. But don't get defeated by that. You can Keep working at it. And I think that attitude can help you be successful in sewing to just stick to it.
0: Stick to it. Yeah. Because there's always a workaround.
1: Right. Be okay with like a workaround or a repicking or, or a, you know, an unpicking and refashioning. Even though the younger daughter had the tears at the fashion show, she's the one who, after going to sewing camp stuck to sewing and she still sews today and she still enjoys sewing that's
0: a great way to round off your podcast Donna okay
1: that really is this was a lot of fun
0: Donna thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and telling us your story and it's really great that we get to see you on the grid of sewing companies now that's all part of making sure that those of us who are over a certain age are actually getting on grids and being visible.
1: Thank you so much for helping us stay visible. I've had a fabulous time talking with you. Thank you so much, Donna. And have a lovely day,
0: listeners. This episode for Over 50 on Soul Organized Style Podcast was produced by me Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Donna, soundbybentsound.com. You can subscribe to soul Organised Style podcast, but with an S, not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our Sew so Over 50 podcast archive when we hope you'll support us through our Patreon account. Every podcast is free with the aim to keep you company and encourage you to sew more often. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Sew so Organised Style or on our website at www.soulorganizedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.